Welcome to the White House Plumbers Podcast. We're the lore hounds, your guides to administration breaking scandals. I'm David. And I'm John. And this is our coverage of the HBO original series, White House Plumbers. Is it HBO anymore, David, or is it Max? It's Max, baby. It's all Max. Oh, boy. Uh, pour one out for HBO. Um, <laughs> I know they're still there as a tab, but you know, to be the, the brand. Loaded to a tab. That's right. In this podcast, we're going to give our quick takes on this new limited series before discussing what we felt were our key moments and then discussing in depth several of the major plot points for episode four, The Writer's Wife. Be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast for some programming notes about our remaining May podcasting schedule. Here's some quick housekeeping for early and ad-free episodes and exclusive content. Visit patreon.com slash the lorehounds. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary. We're doing a really fun drive to get to 100 subscribers by the end of July uh, because our anniversary is in July. I know we're doing a sticker that's going to be an exclusive one-year memorabilia sticker that you've designed, David. Uh, with yep. the help of some Tolkien scholars. Yes. And uh, I'm excited to show everybody that. I think that's going to be really cool. And we have some other new benefits that we're going to be talking about at the end of the podcast. Yeah, and we're going to start uh, advertising some more stuff in June, too. We've got some things lined up, and um, we'll start talking about those in June, and then we'll flip some switches in July and hopefully um, yeah. make, make people a little bit happy. Um, that said, if Patreon is not your thing but you still want to give us a little leg up or show us some love, the best way to do that is a rating and review. Um, just scroll down to the bottom of Apple Podcasts, assuming you're listening to that. Click the stars. That's all you need to do. If you have a spare moment longer, throw in a couple of words. It doesn't even have to be a fully formed sentence. We read all the reviews. They mean a lot to us personally. They give us those little boosts, but they actually help other people find the podcast. And... Um, uh, you know, let people know about what, what this podcast is like and what they can expect. So uh, we really appreciate those. And uh, if you can take a moment, that would be great. That's right. We reward loyalty here at the <laughs> Lore Hounds podcast. Here's another quick reminder. For this limited series, we're doing a short form recap. So to make these podcasts a little more fun, we're asking for your help to break down the episode. So send us thoughts, comments, and questions. Yeah, send us emails to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or head over to our website. And there's a voicemail feature there. You click a button, you can leave us a voicemail, or there's a contact form. You can uh, just write something in there quick and send them, and then we will be able to incorporate those into the next episode. Next week is the final episode of this series. So if you've got some overall takes on the series, we'd love to have those to include in our sort of recap for the series, for the season, I guess. it's Is it a season if it's a one-off? I don't know. Anyway. It's, it's, uh, it's everything, you know? It can it's be everything. the season. It can be the series. It's, <laughs> right. It's, uh, yeah, so, yeah an send hour us in. of time a week that we've been doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give us your thumbs up, your thumbs down, your mess, your uh, what did you like, what you didn't. I mean, there's been some great acting in this. If you, yeah, if, if yeah. anything else, there's, there is that, some cool history. We've got uh, Brian8063, who's been sending us in some very, very cool updates on uh, uh, actual historical stuff because he works in this presidential records thing. So yeah. anyway, we would love to get uh, folks' thoughts on the end of the series. Well. Yes. David. Yes. I think it's time to discuss our general thoughts on this episode. What'd you think? This was um, a bit of a downer episode. I guess. Okay. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, the ending was a bit of a shocker. If and I don't, th- I didn't know the history of that. Me so either. I happened, had to look it up after. Right. I was, I was like, I have to know if she lives. <laughs> right. I was furiously, you know, uh, <laughs> looking up as well. You, you know, airline travel used to be not safe. Uh, no. So you know. You say what you want about the government. At least we've got some good airline safety regulation stuff. So. Or, or do you believe the conspiracy theory that the FBI was involved in the crash? Well, I mean, it, I guess if you believe <laughs> that Hunt was involved in, uh, a, you know, assassinating a U.S. A United know. States president, so I know. Get your tinfoil hats out and um, start <laughs> start theorizing. <laughs> we'll be here I all thought, night. Uh, yeah, uh, it's not that kind of podcast. Um, I did think that the acting, uh, Woody Harrelson's acting, I mean, he was just eating the scenery in this. Um, uh, the stakes got very serious. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to see the whole, like, I, I was curious, I'd be curious to know how much money was actually paid to the hunts and then, yeah. you know, how much it they seemed like a lot. That seemed like a lot of money. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was history. It was insight and it was kind of a downer. It was kind of a downer. And yet I think I laughed more in this episode than in any other episodes of the season. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that first of all, Lena Headey. Yeah. Absolutely killing it in every single scene she's in. I think she's the unsung hero. Yeah. I think she's the unsung hero. Sorry to interrupt you. I think she's the unsung hero of this, uh, series. Yeah, because the first three episodes, I mean, she was good at what she was doing, but they didn't give yeah. her a lot. No. And, uh, you know, she was just playing sort of a, a quiet housewife. And uh, there was clearly something below the surface, but that wasn't, she wasn't able to act on that because it was below the surface. And now we had her in full force, like, no, I'm taking control of the situation because obviously my husband is a dipshit. Right. And he's going <laughs> to land our family in, in <laughs> dire straits here. Uh, that was really great to see. I think she stole the show this episode. I when when the crash happened at the end, I was devastated. You know this this person has been dead for forty years. You know, I it's it's a little too late for me as a person who didn't know her to mourn her. Right, <laughs> but I'm mourning the character on the show because mm-hmm. I don't get to see Lena Headey's performance anymore. I think she's the star of the show. I think she mm-hmm. is absolutely the best performance on the show in a show where the performances are the highlight. Right. Uh, so that that made me sad. Honestly, was like, oh no, we're we're not going to get any more of this like Dorothy being a boss thing. Right. Right. Yeah. The one competent voice is um, right. It it's it provide she provided us a, a sense of stability in this crazy mix, and so whenever she right. got involved in something, I would be like, oh. God, thank God there's somebody right. with a, you know, a, a head on their shoulders looking the right direction. and With a heady on their shoulder. With a heady on their shoulder. Uh, I yeah. uh, miss her in stuff. I, I want to see more of her. I think I, she'll be back. I think she needed a break after sure. Game of Thrones, Oof. you know? Yeah. Because that, that was, was a, a big role for her, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that she's getting work. I wish she were in a better written show, but mm. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where she's at next. Overall, I, I would say, though, yes, I laughed more in this episode than I did in any other episode. Uh, had a lot of great quips, had a lot of great, you know, set pieces, like, you know, him standing over a son's bed and just being like, can I trust you? <laughs> you know, so many, so many good, like, one-liners, uh, you know, Liddy just being insane, like, uh, blowing out the candle 
yeah. uh, when when he was about <laughs> was to great. do the the yeah. fire. I mean, yeah. I, I, like I said, like I the, really and the candle was chuckles. very conspicuous. I was like, is he going to do it? Because every shot <laughs> that they would cut to, the candle was right there, and right? So they they really right. played that up. So right. Yeah. So yeah, I like this episode. My favorite episode of the show so far. Oh, I wow. hope that okay. episode five is even better. Yeah, well, I guess we know how it ends. No mystery there. I guess no. the. Yeah. <laughs> I think pretty much everyone knows where these people go. It's the it's the it's the journey. It's the journey yeah, that we're on right. here. So right. All right. Do you have a favorite laugh out loud moment? Uh, I was really struggling. I didn't know if it was shredding the money or the continued pancake gag. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think okay. it's. I got to go with pancakes because that's my love language too. Uh, I'm the breakfast. Uh, I'm the weekend breakfast cook in our okay. house. All right, and I love to, you know, cooking up pancakes, waffles, getting my sausage, egg, you know, whatever we've got going on. That's uh, that's my jam. So to see when Hunt was stressed out, uh, you could have been friends with him in prison. Yes, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, he was. Uh, it was just a. I, I liked the recurrence of the gag, and it was just yeah. a signal to yeah. uh, how how whacked out he was. But seeing um, Liddy tossing cash on that industrial shredder, that was kind of cool, too. <laughs> and everybody's just like, why are you doing that? He was actually <laughs> right, though. The cash mm. is how they ended up tracking these people down mm. in the end in real life. Right. So I, I think he was right about that. You know, as, as much as Liddy is this insane caricature of a person, He's not- he is also kind of intelligent. Right. He's also not wrong. Right. Uh, just because his methodology uh, or his demeanor is whacked, his instincts aren't necessarily right. wrong either when it comes to, you know, uh, spycraft, I guess you could say. Yeah. Black bag. Yeah. Black ops. But yeah, black, black bag, <laughs> black ops. Which one is it? Black sheep? I don't know. Yeah. Um, mine was. It's the little things. And then he tosses the key in and his son goes, we didn't wipe that down. <laughs> the, just, I, I love pointing out how he's messing up in the mm. moment. It's, uh, that w- it, it, like I said, just a ton of like little chuckles I had this time that made me crack up. Uh, I'm, I'm so sad to see Lena Headey go. I think that Woody Harrelson and uh, uh, Justin Thoreau are doing a great job carrying the main characters. So let's hope they bring it home in that finale. And yeah. why don't we get into the major storylines? Let's go. All right. Number one, the immediate aftermath. A panicked hunt tells his son that he's a spy and that he needs help destroying evidence, leading them to dump Hunt's equipment in the river. The FBI comes to speak with Hunt, but he pretends not to be home. Upon returning from France, Dorothy is shocked by what happened and tries to figure out next steps. Liddy is unfazed by what happened, but shreds the money to avoid a connection to the arrested team members. Liddy resigns from Creep, and Hunt is fired. A lot of panic here, right yes. away. We jump right in. <laughs> I don't know how I would react if I had Woody Harrelson leaning over my bed in the dark <laughs> of, you know, and, and screaming at me if, if, if I can be trusted. Uh, right. I would, as a son, I would be pretty freaked out by this. Yeah. And, uh, this confession that, you know, he was actually a spy and all of this stuff <laughs> happened. And then I love later when, when the son was like, what about that one teacher? What happened there? <laughs> and oh so he's starting to put together all of the pieces of all of yeah. the things and going, wait a minute. Did you guys have, did you, did you have him whacked? Did you have him killed? Right. <laughs> so what made me laugh about this whole setup was it was the best thing that happened to their relationship in years. 
Mm. It brought them closer together than they had been in years. Right. right which right. is insane to think about. Something else I was thinking about in this is I was kind of surprised that his son didn't know he was a spy already. Mm-hmm. He and Dorothy seemed to talk pretty openly about the Bay of Pigs. Right, right. I don't know yeah. how they didn't put this together. Eh, self-absorbed teenagers? I don't know. Maybe. Not, not, to, not to make that as a negative comment, but just, you know. Maybe. They're, they're involved in what they're involved in, so. Right. Um, I have no idea what Hunt is going to do now, whether, you know, he was, he was headed for singledom either through a divorce or through uh, uh, unfortunate, untimely death. Um, yeah. And how is he going to manage as a, as a father uh, oh, he won't. with three kids? Those kids are going to be neglected. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, talk about trauma. You lose your mother and then you have a, you know, a, a dad yeah. who's you know, headed towards prison. Yeah, Maybe how Fran are they will gonna- adopt everybody. She's got experience with the whole gaggle Ooh, of children. Boy. <laughs> gaggle is an underused word, isn't it? Gaggle? Gaggle, you know, a gaggle yeah, of children. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't think we have a, a gaggle of children. Yeah. Well, sounds weird. Yeah. They're not Hold geese. On. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to gaggle. Now I'm going to Google gaggle. Of, Google oh, it gaggle. is geese. Yeah, it's geese. It's geese? Mm-hmm. This whole time? I'm leaving this in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Oh, I, I actually looked up gaggle of children, and I have uh, the the Longman Dictionary of Contemporary English Online says a gaggle of tourists or children is a noisy group of people. Well, there you go. There we go. So maybe Fran will adopt this gaggle of children to add it to her own gaggle. Hunt's kids are much more noisy than, I think, uh, uh, Liddy's children. I think Liddy has a much tighter control. Children are seen and not heard kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can I, I add one back on my LOL moment? Yes, LOL moment. of course. The eggs hitting the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get down! <laughs> yeah, it was like, back, back, back. I was like, what's going on? And then I saw the egg yolks, and yeah, I had a good chuckle at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, other things in this scene, the whole hiding in his bunker, I'm really surprised the FBI didn't just come in. It seems like mm. they didn't have a lot of rules back then. Mm-hmm. Surprised they didn't just come in, right? Um, and I'm surprised that none of his children opened the door at all, right? Or answered the phone, or went out, or anything like that. So yeah, like I know well. we instructed them, but they really listened. Mm, yeah, and nobody yeah. did did anything accidentally, right? Yeah, and then his apron, of course, yeah, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Ready to move on to pledging loyalty? Let's do it. With the Cubans in McCord arrested and identified, Hunt hires a lawyer. Against Dorothy's insistence, he refuses to name names in exchange for a plea bargain. Mr. Rivers calls to talk to the writer's wife and agrees to pay the Hunts for their continued loyalty. The Liddies were going to be left with nothing, but Howard insists that they should secretly split their share. Dorothy then helps distribute the money from the Nixon team to Hunt, Liddy, and the defendants. Eventually, the money runs dry. Hunt considers writing a book about the Watergate scandal, which leads to a confrontation and falling out with Liddy. So what I was a little confused by in this was with Liddy, why they weren't going to pay him anything. That doesn't seem very strategically smart. I mean, yeah, he was a jerk and, and you know, he was bad mouthing folks and, and playing, you know, being real rough uh, around the whole thing. 
But why would you want a loose cannon around like that? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Or were they banking on the fact that Liddy's outsized sense of loyalty to the president was going to keep his mouth shut? I think I think you have a lot there, and I think it's all pretty much right. I think he was extremely loyal, and they were like, well, we have to pay off Hunt because mm-hmm. he's got a wife who actually knows what's going on, mm. and, uh, and he's maybe a, li- a little more financially unstable. And Liddy is saying, "I'm, I, you know, put, tell me what corner to stand on, and I'll get shot." And they're like, "Yeah, all right, we don't have to worry about that guy. Uh, he'll he'll take a vow of poverty. He doesn't care." Right. Um, yeah, I think that, and and also, I think they're kind of pissed at him. Like he's the one who planned this op. He's the one who pushed mm-hmm. for it. Everybody knows that mm-hmm. he was the counsel of the of Creep. So he's much more linked. He's much more senior, I think, in Creep than Hunt was. So yeah, paying right, him right. off seems more suspicious. I, I think there's a bunch of reasons. I think it's sort of a multi-layered issue there. Um, I yeah, I'm curious too to know how much and for how long because it seems like they burned through that cash pretty quick. But if yes. you're maintaining that, uh, I mean, they're paying out everybody from Hunt's yeah. share. But even so, what their lifestyle must have been? Um, you know, they were just burning cash. Why don't you know? You got to yeah. Trim down. Sounds like there were private schools. Yeah, there was. I'm sure there was a mortgage. You know, country club memberships. Yeah, right. Horses. Well, he doesn't. He wasn't paying for the country club membership. No, no. Eventually, he. (laughs) We found out. Yeah, but yeah, that was a lot of cash. It was a lot of cash. Maybe uh, Brian 8063 will write in next week with the amount of cash they got. That would be an interesting uh, factoid to to know for sure. Brian did write in with information on Mr. Rivers, but we'll save that for the feedback section. All right, sounds good. Other things I wanted to touch on in this section. Did you recognize the lawyer mm, for Hunt? Not off the top of my head. Did you see the Santa Claus back in the day? No, no, it's okay. not. Yeah. Well, for those in the know, in the okay. uh, in the listenership, this was Bernard the Head Elf from the mm-hmm. Santa Claus. He was also in um, the Pot Against America. If you saw mm. that, no, he I was didn't. The, yeah, I didn't oh, see that one. Oh, see, and see, and you're the guy who's really into. Um, that team that is very yeah famous Pel- that I Simon Pelicanos yes yes yeah, yeah. Uh, David Simon and, and George Pelicanos yeah I that's one that uh, escaped my notice that okay. and Treme, um, okay. which have been on my sort of list if we ever got around to doing any sort of retrospective stuff on that those would be certainly in the hopper to watch yeah yeah um, anyway so I thought that that was fun to see him uh, and I I think that. Um, this whole idea of her like taking planes and everything, like she is implicating herself pretty heavily in this conspiracy now. You know, she's mm-hmm. helping with the payoff. Yep. I, I mean, even getting a divorce, she's not out of this by any means. I, I don't know if she had fully thought that through, and maybe this was a very um, emotionally driven decision because she was trying to protect her children when they're being implicated by her husband. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think that. She was by any means out of the woods with this if she had lived. No, yeah. And yeah, the the whole family, <laughs> the son, yeah, uh, Dorothy, yeah. Do you think that Liddy and Hunt will make up? That's a good question. Historically, I don't know because I didn't uh, ever know much about Hunt. Uh, I mean, I knew about Liddy in a general and wide context, mm-hmm. but I would have to say that Hunt is probably pretty torn up and pretty upset. So 
you could put a lot of this on uh, Liddy's doorstep. And so it'll, and Hunt doesn't seem like a very forgiving type, especially after Liddy outed him at the dinner table with the, uh, the whole, you know, book and stewardess, uh, scheme. Oh yeah. That was bad. Yeah. That was bad. That, that's, that's kind of breaking the bro code right there. Well, I mean, don't cheat on your wife if you don't want your wife to find out, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, that's, that's how I feel about that. But I mean, we do learn later and I guess we can get to that in a minute, but you know, we do learn later that both of the hunts have had their share of fun outside the home. Right. It's true. All right, let's get to that uh, that section. I have this section labeled Dorothy's Decision. Hunt uses information he has to blackmail the Nixon compa- campaign into paying him money again. On a last ride with their horses before the sale, Dorothy's son tells her that Howard had him destroy evidence. Hunt drops Dorothy off at the airport to fly to Chicago and distribute more of the money. She tells him that when she comes back, she's taking the kids and getting a divorce. She reveals that she knows about the evidence destruction and tells Howard it's over. On the plane, she discusses the Watergate scandal with a reporter. In the middle of the conversation, the plane crashes. That was a shocking moment for me. Shocking and brutal and upsetting and um, uh, a real twist, like a a real shocker of a a twist in, in this whole story that what are the... What are the odds kind of thing? So yeah, definitely opens it up for uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory type stuff. Yeah, um, I did look up. She did have $10,000 and $100 bills mm-hmm. with her on the plane in real life. So that, wow, was, that okay. was real. She had the money with her. And that's why people were like, something feels wrong about this. You know, there was something going on. But she could have just been doing her own criminal thing with Howard and then happened to be in a plane crash. And like you said, it's... It happens. It happens. I, I was reading up on the plane crash. It sounds like the pilots got distracted during landing, uh-huh. which is crazy. That's crazy to me that that happened. Yeah. But again, if you believe that it wasn't an accident, then that's a different story. The statistics, uh, because uh, plane crashes, bad plane crashes were quite regular back in the yeah. day. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it was not an uncommon thing. Um, I, I will say though that I never want Lena Headey to be mad at me because no. when she was pissed when she found out about how um, Hunt used their son to help him destroy yeah. evidence, she was furious, and I would not want to be on the receiving end of of that fury. No, me either. She put, did a great performance though in that scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yes. you could feel that rage. Yeah, totally. And uh, I love the brutal honesty too. You know, what was I supposed to do? You know, you're you're sleeping your way through South America. <laughs> Am I just supposed to sit back at home and fly an American flag? That was that was pretty good. Knit, or knit American flags. Was knit, that's good? what it was. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was line. that was super good. good She's it. right, right? I mean, you know, it's two wrongs don't make a right, but she does have license to be selfish if he if her husband's being selfish. Right. Well. I don't have any other thoughts on this episode other than I'm looking forward to the end of this series. It's been okay. I think I think we might be less hot on this show than a lot of people based on our yeah. Discord. I think uh, people are enjoying it, so I'm, and I'm glad they are. Uh, I think maybe dissecting it like this might be the wrong way to consume it, and maybe that's why we're enjoying it a little less. I was thinking about that. Um, somebody in our Discord, I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, I think it was Danny. 
said that, uh, you know, oh, you know, he might be enjoying it more. And then I said, yeah. And I reflected on that very thought. I'm thinking if I wasn't podcasting about this, would I enjoy the show? Would I continue to watch it? Would I be engaged? And I think I probably would. And it would be a casual pickup watch. Uh, right. I wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily be strong appointment television for me. It'd be something that I would work on over time and uh, eventually finish it and, and enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, it, as, a, as a show to podcast about, it doesn't leave us a lot of um, space to speculate right. or right. theorize on. Because we know what happens. Yeah, we do know. <laughs> and it is, you know, it's, it's hewing pretty closely. Yeah. So if they had over, you know, if they'd completely fictionalized it or something, then that would be a different story. Yeah. But there's only so much we can talk about the acting and the, uh, you know, production design and all that kind of stuff, right. which is excellent. Everything about this is excellent in that regard. So yeah, and uh, we we do have a it has a disadvantage of going right up against Ted Lasso and Barry and Succession right. and all these mm-hmm. prestige shows Yellow that jackets. are really wrapping up nicely. Yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate. I think it might have done better if it was in a season of its own. You know, mm. if nothing else was really on right now, I mm-hmm. think we would have been hotter on the show. So, I I will probably rewatch this at some point. Maybe that's a hopeful thing, and uh, <laughs> and maybe like it a little better. I it's interesting uh, as a general commentary. Uh, I was listening to some um. Uh, conversation about the writer strike and and part of the analysis of how television has changed and to have Woody Harrelson who's primarily a movie star yeah you know do a television show they were saying that one of the things is is that there is because well, it, you're it's you're not, not TV it's Max right <laughs> yes <laughs> it is. Uh, it would be hard in the past for a movie star to come onto a television show when you're doing 20 plus episodes in a season where you could drop in right. for a one-off, then it's about you being there for a one-off as opposed to being a central you know, character in, in a show. But if you're doing 6, 8, 10, 12, whatever, then you can do it. It's very conceivable, uh, especially if the shooting schedule matches up and allows you to, uh, to engage and... Uh, I mean, it's, these are, you know, they're longer than feature length, but they, TV is a very, TV production is very efficient compared to cinematic production. So you can bang these things out. And so that's one of the things is big stars call in, you know, uh, higher uh, salaries. So, and that's causing, causing Mm -hmm. a lot more uh, cost to television production, which I don't think is, I don't buy that as an excuse for not paying the writers a reasonable salary. But the point being is it's very interesting to see big name stars coming on to these types of products right. and, and uh, doing these limited things. And it's, it's great because his performance is phenomenal. Uh, it's been, I, I've, like I've said many times on this podcast, I do not recognize Woody Harrelson in this. He is really playing right. his character. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's welcome some feedback. We have a feedback section every podcast. We can receive feedback at lorehounds at thelorehounds.com if you want to do it by email, or you can head to our website, thelorehounds.com. There will be a contact form there. There's a voicemail uh, form there. And we have both today from Brian8063. He's a lore master, our highest tier of Patreon. And he's been writing in pretty much every week for White House Plumbers. He is a, a presidential scholar. 
I think it is, right? What, what's his actual title, David? I do don't you know, know his actual title. He just works in... He just knows he's a, a lot professional. of stuff. Yeah. He's a professional. He knows a lot he of works, stuff about this. He works in uh, a place where they manage the presidential records of the right. Nixon administration. So. Right. Yeah. Well, Brian has been very generous in sharing his knowledge throughout the season. Yes. Thank you very much for that, Brian. Let's start with Brian's contact form entry, and then we'll move on to his voicemail. Hi, David and John. I wanted to share with you some more historical background. Who was this mysterious Mr. Rivers? His real name was Tony Ulasewicz, maybe. A former NYPD policeman. He was with the FBI and then worked with Jack Caulfield in the White House Investigation Unit, a unit that dug up dirt for Nixon's enemies and rivals like Ted Kennedy. This episode's timeline is compressed here, and one thing that was only mentioned a couple of times was the FBI's role in investigating the break-in. J. Edgar Hoover died on May 2nd, 1972. Patrick Gray was named director, and Mark Felt, a.k.a. Deep Throat, was angry that he was passed over. What was a great way to undermine Gray? Leak information. That was why he met Bob Woodward in the parking garage. Interesting. By the way, when Hunt got a call from Bob Woodward, I swear Woodward sounded a lot like Robert Redford. I did too, yeah. For those who don't know, Redford played Woodward in the movie All the President's Men. Thanks, Brian 8063. It did very much sound like uh, Redford to me as well. (laughs) I could not pick out Robert Redford's voice for anything. Because okay. I haven't seen most of his movies, but I believe fair, you. Fair enough. Yes. I believe you. <laughs> fair enough. That's super interesting about uh, Mr. Yeah. Rivers, huh? Yeah. And uh, and about some of the motivations for Deep Throat and, uh, and why that was being done. Yeah. So, yeah. You, and you was- see that, you know, they all talk about loyalty and all these mm. people talk about loyalty. But in the end, really, it's their egos and it's their cutthroat nature that make them turn on each other and sort of bring down the whole house of cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's real bare knuckle politics stuff too. There's it's right. a lot of brutality. It's a lot of, um, you know, salute the flag, but yeah, there people aren't really, there's no, no belief in the values of the flag other than power and money and right. You know, Cause there's always a reason to depart, right? Oh, well mm-hmm. we believe in the, we're doing all this stuff so that we can get to a place where we're being ethical. It's, it's, right. not, it's never going <laughs> to happen. How you though, do right? it. There's always going to be a next time. It does shed some interesting light on our current political situation. And I don't want to, you know, get specific, but just in terms of what the Nixon administration did to alter, you know, our perceptions of government right. the conversation and, almost. Mm-hmm. Like the conversation about government yes, is right, very exactly. different because of Nixon. Exactly. And then, and not only Nixon, well, it was, and it was interesting to see that historical footage in the episode of Nixon out on the campaign trail. Yeah. Um, it, that sort of made it a little bit more real for me. And then thinking about all these people who were trying to do all this stuff to gain power, to gain influence, to get on the inside. Uh, and like you say, to try to, get someplace where they this imagined better place uh mm-hmm. where the the country should be it's oh, it's right. going off the rails we've got to get it over here um and so yeah it it did i think the show has given me an interesting perspective on our modern politics for sure yeah for sure all right let's move on to brian's voicemail hello david and john first i want to share with you my mindset on the show's tone both of you mentioned that in the last two or three 
podcasts. And I think it's really important. Before watching the first episode, I thought it was pure drama at first. Then I read it was from the creators of Veep, so I was confused. So when I started the show, I didn't know what to expect. Now, after a few episodes, I see it more as a fusion of comedy and drama, and I think that's helpful. For episode four, here are my specific thoughts. The acting has been consistently good on this series. However, this episode is the weakest one for me. The movie All the President's Men had a pace of a thriller to it. Even the show Gaslit had great acting and interesting characters. We also saw more of John Dean in that show as well. The movie and the show tied things back to the White House more effectively. And I think this gives it more urgency, uh, a certain weight to the whole narrative. I don't dispute that you can have a show without Nixon. That's fine. But the show does not have an urgency or political crisis to it that I think is important to pull you along through the episodes. Thanks again for doing the show and signing off, Brian8063. Yeah, so Brian, I, I totally agree with you that the tone is off. It's not. It's just not hitting that vibe that we needed to hit. Uh, I think it's very focused intentionally on the personal stakes of the Hunts and the Liddies. You know, this these family implications, these reputational implications, financial implications on these two families. And I guess the question is, are those stakes enough? Are those stakes enough to carry a show about such a big scandal? Right. And I think something that's missing for me, too, is there's is there a moral quandary here or is there some illumination on um on the human condition if we want to put it in, the, in that way in those sort of grandiose terms as i was listening to brian's uh voicemail i was almost thinking this is a strange sort of version of rosencrantz and guildenstern point of view i don't know if you've ever seen rosencrantz and guildenstern or no. dead which is a very funny uh fun movie but right two very important characters in hamlet and there's a whole side story to them that's been uh, told and retold in, in various sort of spin-off things. And so if, if we want to look at uh, Hunt and Liddy as these you know, uh, characters in, in that regard, uh, just out of the limelight, just uh, off to the center of power, and they're trying to struggle with something and, and move towards something and resolve something, we don't see it in in their characters, so there's no as entertainment as a a beginning, middle, and end story. Mm -hmm. I don't feel uh, like Brian said. I really agree with his comments that there's where's a sense of urgency, or where's there a sense of um, this is a an issue or a topic that we're grappling with, and we're trying right. to examine it from multiple uh, uh, angles. For as much as this is a fictionalized documentary fine but it's not telling us any you know is it serving as a piece of information yeah right. it's serving I, i'm learning stuff that i didn't know before but am i being entertained and i don't want to be crass when i say that but at the same time if you want to capture me and motivate me and engage me then i need some extra moral dimension some some or you know some other commentary about society or politics and yeah I'm, I'm just not getting that i'm just getting a uh 
slightly humorous version of right. the historical facts. If they had done it like a Veep episode and blown it up and and sort of two X or four X the you know the humor in this, yeah, and and then just said, hey, this is based on it's not the it's not a true story, but it's just sort of based on a true story. Let's, let's be silly with it. Then maybe that would have been fun too because it would have been a, a hilarious right. slapstick comedy or something. But yeah, right. other yeah, it's missing a center, uh, some sort of center of gravity for me. Right. I think you're right. I think you you put your put your finger on it is they were I think a little scared to go too far off the historical path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that prevented them from going full cartoonish with it. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't want to just do the history because their their brand is to do a little bit more cartoonish. So they weren't quite hitting the drama right. So now they're kind of half doing both. Right. right. And and fulfilling neither. Right. Yeah. Well, that's enough complaining for one night. Why don't we thank our patrons? <laughs> that's analysis. It's analysis. It's not complaining. <laughs> Fair <laughs> so, enough. Yeah. Uh, yes, to our patrons, uh, thank you all so very much. To Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., uh, Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC, Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Duve 71, the aforementioned Brian 8063, Frederick H., Sarah L., Gareth C., Eric F., Matthew M., Sarah M., DJ Miwa. Thank you all so much for sticking with us. Uh, it means us it means a lot to us to have your continued support and to the support yeah. of and all the of all of our patrons. And um, and hopefully, as we move forward and we you know gather more of uh, of our community together, build up. We've got the some. Cult. That's right. We've got some good shows coming down the pipe, uh, looking at into summer and towards the end of the year. We got Wheel of Time. I know it's, it's coming. It's finally here. <laughs> I messaged you about it yesterday and you were like, holy. <laughs> yes. About fell out my chair. Um, anyway, for those of you who are uh, Patreon supporters, for our one year birthday, we're going to be sending you a very special handcrafted thank you sticker as a gift. Uh, everyone who signs up and is a member at the end of July is going to get one of these. And it's we're trying to use it as a little incentive. Yeah, we're dangling out a little bit of a carrot to try to engage some folks to see if we can break this 100. This is sort of our next um, uh, critical, what do you call those, milestone, tipping point things. Okay. We're, right. we're feeling that if we can get to 100 or past 100, that'll sort of move us into a, an, another realm. It also would help to have some other big tentpole shows, which we definitely have coming down the pipe. So Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, anyway, that'll be a thank you gift. We've got uh, two or three other um, benefits that we're going to be announcing starting in June and sort of trying to build up to those in July. So if you have been on the fence and thinking about joining or not, uh, we'd really love to have you. And uh, yeah, we'll talk more about the benefits as we get closer to July. And we were working on a special podcast for July as well. We've got a couple of cool birthday surprise offerings. So yeah, very cool, David. I think it's time to talk about programming notes. We've got not too much left in May, but we've got plenty left in June. So stick around for programming notes as we get into that month. But for the rest of May, we've got uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse prep coming out this weekend. Uh, I've already edited it. It sounds great. I'm really excited for people to hear it. Yeah, we had uh, a good conversation. Uh, yeah, that's and John, you, Jean, it, and uh, Alicia. Yeah, and you have to see uh, the first movie. Uh, it's I gotta it's watch phenomenal. it. I gotta yeah, watch it's it. It's so good. It's so good. I'm a spider stan, so I gotta, I gotta watch <laughs> it. 
Uh, Alicia, by the way, has her own podcast on our network uh, yes. called Wool Shift Dust. It's a silo podcast. You can find that in the, the show notes of this podcast. Uh, please go check it out. She just got a new microphone, so her mic is sounding stellar. And uh, that podcast has a lot of great content. It's got a lot of nerdy breakdowns of this mystery box show on Apple TV. That is, it has hooked me. I think it's getting praise all around, and rightfully yeah. so. High quality, good mystery, political, science fiction, dystopia. It's everything you want in a show. Yeah. Perfect. Hit that subscribe button over there because we are probably going to be on that show at some point this season. So keep posted on that and uh, give Alicia a listen. The rest of May, we've got more Barry, more White House plumbers, more Ted Lasso, and we have a Silmarillion Stories episode with Aaron from Lord of the Rings coming out next week. So stay tuned for that. That dude knows his Tolkien, man. He does. He impressed me. That was amazing. I yeah. was, I felt like a child sitting at his I know. feet, you know, I know. I was like, and it was kind of a weird episode, uh, chapter two. It was yes. a lot of historical setup stuff. And so I am actually really glad that he came on on that one because I mm-hmm. think he helped illuminate that chapter for me in a way that, um, because of his, his depth of knowledge that, you know, if it had just been you and I, it might've been a little bit more of a struggle. So yeah, and he's a really cool guy too. I'm, I'm yeah. really glad that we connected with him. The light of the trees was in his eyes. <laughs> yes, he was reflecting uh, the light of the trees from his face. All right. Very cool, David. I think that's time to call it a night, and I will see you next week. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening.